Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, beautiful people? Welcome to another episode of Creative Habits Podcast. Uh, We have a very special guest today, an artist as well as a business owner, Cassandra Danielle. How are you doing today? I am very well today. So happy to join you all. Oh, no problem. No problem. So um, you own several businesses uh, as well as a... um, uh, educator and what else did I see a wellness wellness coach uh, tell me a little bit more about that um yes uh, I started my first business in 2016 that was a that was the wellness company or the starts of the wellness company um, I had kind of found myself in the world of juicing which is, I don't know if you're familiar, but, you know, (laughs) I found myself amongst people who were crazy about juicing, and um, I became really passionate about it, and it's different uses, and before long, I started sharing that passion on social media, and people just started offering to pay me to make them juice, so at that point, it, it, became clear to me uh, what direction I needed to take. So was it just one day it was like, huh, I'm going to wake up and start juicing and post it on social media? (laughs) No, actually, um, I was married at the time and Mm. my husband um, felt ill Mm. and uh, there was no real remedy so in those cases, you know, you just have to rely on a lifestyle change. Mm-hmm. So that's really what was driving me to discover all the benefits of juicing. Um, I really wanted him to be well. And I thought that juicing um, was going to help improve his um, quality of life. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can see that um, this has been a, a surgence of, you know, health in the Black community with juicing and going to therapy and, and stuff like that. And um, it's been a long time coming because where I come from, we're used to eating like hams every every uh, holidays and, mm-hmm. you know, like soul food that's not really good for us. And, and later on, when we're older, we could see the effects of that. Yes, but the people that you come from, they also make bush tea. They mm. go in the back of the yard. They know exactly which leaves to pull, to boil. Um, they know exactly what remedy is, um, what kind of oils to rub on your skin. Um, so, you know, they're not all bad. Mm. And I feel like they have a lot more to give um, that benefits us than um, than the latter. 
Yeah, yeah. It's just sad that a lot of that information has been lost, you know? Yes, um, I do agree with this. Um, from Washington, D.C. in the inner city, and there's a lot of uh, food deserts, you know, Um all you see is fast food restaurants or carryouts or, you know, stuff that's not really healthy for us. So just having access to alternate alternative things that will prevent the problem from happening is, is extremely important. Yes, I agree. Um, however, I believe that we have a whole lot more access than um, we are, we take responsibility for. Mm-hmm. And it's easy to, it's easy to point the finger. And I'm not saying that we are not in a system that is set up for our failure um, because we see that everywhere. Um, However, I don't think that um, it's set up that well enough that guarantees our failure. And Mm. we definitely have the means to um, supersede any actions they take against us. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I definitely agree. Um, you also do clothing design as well. Tell me a little bit about that. Yes, um, I, I design just in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I am constantly creating in my head. Um, and I actually just recently became brave enough to (laughs) apply my creative ambition towards clothing. And um, my passion is really uh, within sustainable clothing. Mm. So I'm moving slowly right now because I don't wanna wanna blast off into fast fashion. Um, I really want to evaluate in which way I can slow things down. Okay, that's not bad. That's not bad. Um, academic coaching. I'm sorry, I'm just going through everything I see on the web. So. <laughs> just want to make sure we touch on a little bit of everything before we get into the, the the real questions. Yes, I am an academic coach. I have a degree in English. Mm. Um, I was a state English teacher for um almost nine years um wow I say I say state teacher because um I'm also passionate about bringing awareness to what's going on in the school system um a lot of us think it's about the kids and we some of us who are a little wiser think it's partly about the kids but the reality is it isn't Mm. about the kids and us as a community and parents it's our responsibility to be our children's advocates and um, being a teacher has shown me how difficult that can be uh, especially as a parent Um, it is literally a full-time job uh, guiding and um, being your child's guardian Mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and really pulling um, from every situation on their behalf. So a part of uh, what I offer as an academic coach is um, modeling 
for parents, um, their role in their child's life. Um, I can coach your child as much as I possibly can, but you, you are the, the true drive and the true influence that's really going to push them into their potential. Um, and I also coach um, older, older folks as well. Mm-hmm. <laughs> older folks. And I say it like that because um, as we get older, we see ourselves as less competent students. Um, and so I just try to help people see themselves as capable. Um, so, yeah. That's beautiful. Um, it's always great to give back to the community. My my partner is a teacher as well, but um, she's been telling me that the school system now after um, COVID has been really tough. You know, kids don't really have any, um, they lost their ability to socialize, you know, in a physical setting instead of online and stuff like that. And um, there's been a lot of behavioral issues as well. Um, it's been really tough for a lot of teachers out here. It's just a hot mess, honestly. Mm. Um, They already had a difficult time managing the system that they had. And then they threw this like monkey wrench in it. And it just, in my opinion, um, blew up any good thing left um, that they had. Um, it It is extremely difficult for teachers when I left last year, last year, yeah, last year, <laughs> uh, people asked me if I left because of the kids. No, I actually postponed my my last day because of the kids. Mm. Um, it, it was the adults. <laughs> and it was the adults who uh, who I whose faces I never even got a chance to see. Wow. If you can if you can imagine that. Um, so it it, it is I really realized over time it's hard for me to be in the midst of a problem and see the solution and do nothing about it. Mm. And I have found myself in that scenario um, a few times um, most recently and I have found lots of difficulty with it, for sure. Um, Deciding between just, you know, doing what I can and just versus jumping ship. It is really hard to figure out what's just best in general. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. I can, just me thinking about when I was in school, there was a lot more respect for, you know, educators coming from students as well as the parents. And it seems like, I'm not sure what, what the reasoning behind it, but all across the United States, the respect for the educator has declined a lot, you know, and the workload that they put on educators is crazy. You have to work, you know, in school then you have to come back and grade papers and you know and work on lesson plans and stuff like that and it really takes away from your the life you live outside of the school like how did you deal with that 
Um, at work, I was seen as at times uh, the one who said things that everyone was thinking but wasn't willing to say. Mm. And an example of that was the workload um, that we were given and expected to achieve technically within school hours. Um, But it was impossible to do those things during the hours in which we were paid for. Mm. Um, So towards the end of my time at the last school I worked at, I just didn't stress myself. (laughs) I went to um, my team leads and I let them know straight up, I don't have enough time. Mm-hmm. Um, I know the deadline is today for this lesson plan, but I had X, Y, and Z also to do. And so you're not going to receive this until this point. It, it, it became, the tables were turned. I wasn't being given deadlines. I was letting people know when they could expect these things to be submitted. Mm-hmm. Um, and now that I think about it, honestly, that is the most appropriate approach because you are not compensating me to be home at work with my little nightlight, you know, editing these little papers. And I was an English teacher. So I was, I was reading lots and lots of papers, grading lots and lots of paper. And this this skill is not something to be taken lightly or for granted. Yeah, I can agree. And you, educators should be paid for that work, <laughs> you know, like a, a substantial amount. And I just believe that when you overwork the educators, it reflects on the students as well as the society, you know, especially the young minds that's, that, that are we're trying to groom to become productive citizens in the society. Totally agree. Um, so when exactly did you, you said uh, it was about 2016, but when yeah. exactly did you decide that, okay, this is a business that I want to pursue? Um, and when was when did you feel comfortable in the in the business? That is an excellent question. Um, I went through phases. So when I first launched my business, I was known as the juice master. <laughs> so everyone knew me as the juice lady. You know, I was just making juice, and I wasn't necessarily associated with wellness Mm, mm. (laughs) um there were some people who understood uh what my vision and my purpose was but there were times i would be at events and people would just call me the juice lady Mm. um at this point um i was doing the juice thing it was not covering my bills so I, I re-entered the education system and um, my juice business slowed down. Hmm. And over time, I began to feel inspired again and relaunch my business, but more with 
the voice of, hey, let's get better. <laughs> and um, I started to host group healing uh, activities mm. and primarily group uh, fasts. So, and I also started to provide um, cleansing packages and fasting packages. So I would have people who had different complaints. Um, I will say mostly people approached me about weight loss. Um, so then that became a thing. It was like, how do I lose weight? And it's like, oh, that's not really what I'm, I'm going for. But, you know, you got the cash and I got the stash. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was going hot in, in that direction for a while. Um, but then I really just needed to reflect and, um, I needed to look at my business plan because although I love making juice and people loved drinking my juice, um, it wasn't selling in a way that was providing for my family and I wasn't packaging it like, you know, something wasn't right. <laughs> and so, um, I just really fell back and searched for my inspiration again mm -hmm. and this was maybe around 2020 in 2020 is when I decided that I was going to write a book um I was really nervous because you know I'm a writer I have written bucket loads of poetry I had started writing screenplays. Um, I've written a million resumes. I've edited two million papers. And it was like, write a book that fits perfectly, you know? Mm -hmm. But you know what happens when something fits perfectly, you know, you begin to doubt yourself. Yeah. Uh, because it's your place. So um, I started the book, but did not finish it. And um, last year, I uh, relaunched my website, uh, but in a way that encompassed everything that um, I can do, all the services that I provide. Um, and it was then um, that I, I revisited the idea of this book. And... Um, it was interesting. The last question that you asked is how did, what was, how did you pose the question? Like, um, what about it made you feel comfortable in the fact that, okay, I can do this. Like, yeah. So this is it. Yeah. Like, this is what gave me much pause is because this very moment that I'm sitting down with you where it's like, I've got to prove it. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to prove that. I know what I'm talking about. So what am I going to put in this book that I know <laughs> what I'm talking about? And um, so I just started writing. And thankfully, what I know, the things I know begin to surface mm. in, a, in a really beautiful way um, that made so much sense to me um, that only in further inspired me. Um, and I really, the timing of finishing the book 
really goes hand in hand with the book itself and the space that I was in. Um, I found myself in a space where I have never been more connected uh, with me. And so I was able to pour all of that into the book itself and uh, demonstrate how that connection um, positively influenced me in a total uh, wellness way. And I felt confident because I was talking about things that were true. I wasn't talking about things that I looked up on the internet because I am no scientist. Mm. The book is heavily based in the idea that we are all unique. Um, And it is our responsibility to know ourselves so that we can be our greatest advocates. Um, however, if you don't know yourself in, in the most intimate ways, you'll find yourself um, defending um, yourself against someone who thinks they know them, they know you better than you, mm. which is highly inappropriate. So is it more like a journey of your own self-discovery? Um, in a way, uh, the book itself is not about my journey. Mm. Uh, my journey is just evidence of how it all comes together. It is like a display of the light coming on. Mm. Um, but the book is really, it is slightly a confrontation between myself and the reader. Um, charging the reader to take responsibility of their body Mm. Um, and to to just stop looking at yourself like you are an ornament on a Christmas tree. You are no ornament on a Christmas tree. And it is, we value our outer appearance over our inner functionality, Mm. but there would be no opportunity to admire our outer appearance without first having that functionality. And if we had, if we placed our attention on things like our beating heart, in the book I mentioned how um, certain parts of your body are worth um, nearly a million dollars, you know, and you'll look in the mirror and, you know, call yourself worthless. Uh, mm. But it's just, it's just not the case. Uh, it's just your perspective um, is what puts you in, in so much misery because there's just so much to be thankful for. And I, I understand how cliche that might sound, but it's, it's real deal, holy field. Mm. And if you cannot get in contact with that like old lady mentality of just praising the Lord for any little... <laughs> any little piece of sunshine, you know, you'll find yourself getting wrapped up in things that you cannot control. And when you're in the book, I talk about how 
a lot of your quality or all of your quality of life is based on your ability to control your mood. Mm. Um, if you have no control over your mood, then most likely you are stressed. And we all know that stress leads to um, a number amount of illnesses and diseases. Um, so I try to, I try to have a grand conversation on a very small scale, as to not leave anybody out, mm. um, and as to give everyone an opportunity to feel like, hmm. You know, this is complicated, but not so complicated. And hmm, I can figure it out. Um, in the book, I also provide um, different surveys and charts. Um, I charge the readers to study themselves from anywhere from four to 10 days and just observe yourself. You know, many of us have never, you know, we make observations of ourselves. We know if we drink milk, it's going to send us to the bathroom. Mm -hmm. Or if we eat late, we're going to have a tummy ache. But no, let's, let's get intentional about that. And then once we become intentional and we make this record of ourselves, let's then take it a next step and create action plans that benefit us and improve our, you know, just quality of life. I love that. It's, it's leading people to look more introspectively, you know, um, we're all molded by, well, we think we're molded by our environment and our circumstance and everything around us, but really we're molded by the thoughts of ourselves and our perspective from inward outward, you know, and, I like the fact that you you put it in plain sight that it all starts with yourself first. It all starts within the mind and then everything else will follow too. Yes, I make it very plain. I am no doctor. I am no medical professional. Mm. Um, however, I am an expert on having a body. Mm. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I know what it's like to have a body and that is what I'm here to report. Mm. Uh, and I'm here to empower you and in your experience with your body um, and help you shift your perspective so that you honor your body mm. and you honor yourself. And then you can see how everything else transforms. Mm. It's like, Suddenly, when you make yourself a priority, you begin to watch as your decisions change. Mm. And the decisions that you make are to your benefit as opposed to your detriment because you've begin, begun to tell yourself a different story about yourself. Um, I used to be a people pleaser I designed a shirt. It said recovering people pleaser. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's like, it's like I had no boundaries. Yeah. Okay. And I just, if I loved you, I loved you hard and I gave you every little piece of me. And once I became a priority, 
once I began to understand that without me, I can't even help <laughs> help these people that I want right. to help. Right, right. And then I formed these boundaries and not just formed them, I held them. And there's an experience in that, you know, you find yourself in a moment where someone is testing your boundary and you hold it. It's like, I had, I've had these moments where I'm just so proud of myself or I just feel so close to myself because it's like, wow, you know, you guarded me. You know, it's, it sounds a little strange, but if you can dive into it, you begin to see yourself as worthy because, mm. wow, you know, I was, I was good enough to not have to endure that. So any other instance in which it shows itself, you know, you, you're beginning to build that automatic reflex. It's like, oh, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're back in straight. Yeah. And you're like, uh, this and isn't my place anymore. It's important because we're groomed to be workers, you know, from grade school all the way up to that adulthood. education system. Right. Mm-hmm. So inadvertently, we're giving so much of ourselves. We go to work, we give eight hours of our day. For educators, you give a lot more of those hours. So you're giving so much of yourself um, at so many different ways. It's hard to, it's like you lose yourself in a sense. You know, you're not, you're not looking inwardly. You're, you're so extra, extrovertly giving yourself and it, and it, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It, it, it tires you out physically, mentally, and spiritually. You know, there's nothing left. Yeah, there's nothing left. You are giving yourself away in so many different ways. Um, and that's why I found myself coming in and out of the education system because it, it was just so clear to me that hmm, y'all, y'all are sucking me dry over here, and, yeah. and I'm not okay with it. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So what are some benefits of juicing wellness? Um, out of personal experience, um, how has it benefited you? Okay, so juicing is life. Let me just say that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, first off, juicing um, introduced me to a side of myself that I didn't know. Mm-hmm. So it got, I was able to meet the the hungry side of myself I didn't actually know what hunger was until I conducted my first um juice fast where all I consumed was juice for a certain amount of days Mm. and you start to witness like wow I don't actually have to consume that much in order for me to you know, make it through the day or, you know, survive. Mm-hmm. So it showed me almost like what my energy tank really looked like, um, what was necessary for me to take in in order to meet my daily responsibilities. Mm-hmm. And I became very aware 
that I was taking in way more, <laughs> way more than I actually needed um, mm. throughout my day. Um, another amazing benefit to just juicing in general is giving your digestive system a break. Mm-hmm. Um, I personally do not push for or like hate on any eating lifestyle. (laughs) I feel like um, we are literally all different. I have watched so many podcasts, so many YouTube videos, so many different health gurus, scientists, and I have seen people pour their hearts out. Mm-hmm. about whatever it is that they believe and show hardcore evidence okay that it benefited saved their life mm-hmm. and who am i friend who am i to tell these people that they are wrong because i personally don't think that they are wrong i only think you're wrong when you say that what's good for you is mm-hmm. good for all of us Uh that is where i feel like you cross a boundary because you don't know me like that (laughs) how could you possibly know that your diet the way that you choose to consume is the way in which um i need to consume so no matter what it is you choose to eat um juicing gives your digestive system a break Uh um you get all that that good energy that you need, and it's in a form that is the easiest for your body to process, and um, it just gives you, you know, if you're a heavy meat eater and you consume things that take a long time to make it through your body, and you consume a lot of those things all the time. It's, it's nice. It's nice to just, you know, give your body a day off, give your, your digestive system a day, two, three days yeah. off. Yeah, sure. I, I can agree. I've watched some podcasts or, or some YouTube videos, too. It's like when you give your digestive system a break, um, you give your body um, enough energy to fix other things that might be, you know, ailing you. And um, I tried juicing for a couple of weeks. It's, it's more mental for me. You know, it's like I've been eating so long. I've been eating a certain way for so long. It's like if I don't eat that way, it's like I'm freaking out in my head. So I tried juicing um, for a long time. Um, I haven't fasted. Well, I tried fasting, too, but that didn't work out. <laughs> I lasted about eight hours. But, um, yeah, it's more of a mental thing, you know. I agree. It is, it is all mental. Um, but I encourage you to try again. Mm. Um, definitely if fasting for the whole day was a little bit too much, um, Mm. then just fast for a period of time. You can say that you aren't going to eat until noon You can fast Mm. for the morning time. And there is benefit in that as well. You can choose to fast from specific things um and that way you're still consuming and you can you know kind of comfort your mind as it is telling you you know Mm -hmm. giving you the drama Mm -hmm. so 
take it slow. You know, if you weren't successful at first, that doesn't mean that you can't see success. Yeah, yeah. Um, what is the book called? And um, are you totally finished writing it? <laughs> the book is called Original Design. Mm. Um, I am finished writing it. <laughs> okay, okay. And I say it like that because it I have sent it to some very trusted advisors of mine and I am waiting for their feedback. Mm. Um, so there is a possibility that it can um, go under a change. But as far as me, <laughs> I am done. It's <laughs> perfect. I can't wait to, you know, uh, purchase it and, and read it for myself. Um, for an entrepreneur, uh, women entrepreneurs specifically, um, what advice would you give any young women out there that may want to pursue the same thing or just may want to be entrepreneurs in general? Um, if you want to be an entrepreneur, what I would highly recommend is that you find a mentor. Mm. Uh, I feel like having someone that you work under that is established in just experience and knowledge, um, it really cuts out a lot of the, you know. The noise. The, <laughs> the rough and tough. Mm. <laughs> Mm -hmm. uh, I would also say figure out what you want you know do you want to make a lot of money and then that's it you just you just need a money train if that's the case allow that to direct the decisions that you make pertaining to your business um, however if you're looking to you know, incorporate something that you're passionate about. Um, my advice to you <laughs> is to honestly, the only advice I have is not to give up. Mm. Um, that's the only way that I particularly understand success. Um, it really isn't about anything besides not giving up. Um, you could also be prepared. <laughs> that will also help you because that preparation will put you in a place to take advantage of the opportunity um, that will present itself to you. Mm. Um, however, if you give up, there's nothing, you've got nothing. Uh, that's, that's your only job. Your job is, is to just keep it moving. I do have a message to my um, female entrepreneurs and I just would love it if we worked together. Mm -hmm. Um I do not want to discount any women who are currently working together. I just want it to be a thing, you know, like, oh, I see my sister doing X, Y, and Z. We can make up 
any reason to partner and to help one another and to open up doors and gates for each other. And so I would encourage some more of that activity amongst us, especially if you are just establishing yourself, um, looking around to form communities. Yeah, community is important, you know, Mm -hmm. you might have a certain number of followers or outreach and uh, your counterpart might have somebody a certain number. So if you guys, it's like a no brainer, if you guys combine, you can, you know, share those resources and reach out to different people, you know. It's a no brainer. (laughs) It really is. Uh, But we're all so scared. Yeah, we're all so scared of losing our positions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, I think that's 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 a very universal thing, you know, especially living in this uh, country where it's more capital based instead of community based. You know, that's one of our uh, downfalls as a country, you uh, the United States. But um, yeah, community is important. Community is extremely important. Um, so I think it's extremely great that you put your 100,000 hours in. You know, you started from poetry, you're an educator, you graded and read so many papers and stuff like that. Like you actually put that work in, you know, the universe has a funny way of showing us what we're meant to do, you know, and it seems like you're meant to um, provide this information, you know, that not, not only helped you and your personal circumstance, but that can also help anyone who reads your, your book or follows you in that sense. Definitely. Thank you so much. No problem. So, um, how can anyone get in contact with you? Um, maybe follow your journey, um, purchase some merch, or you know, when the book comes out, get that book. Uh, well, you can definitely follow me on IG. Uh, my name is Casa De Marie. That's C A S A D A I M A R I. Um, and that's also my website, casademarie.com. And when you visit my website, you'll learn about all the aspects of me. <laughs> <laughs> the book itself comes out on my birthday, May 20th. Nice. Uh, pre-orders start May 1st. Um, and I think we might do a pre-release, but we'll, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I would love to get my hands on that book. So you said May 20th? Yes, definitely. Sweet. I'm having a pre-release party. So I would love it if you and your partner were in the house. That would be awesome. That would be great. You say you're in yeah. Florida, though, right? Yes. Where are you? <laughs> <laughs> we're, in, we're in Washington, D.C. That's a bit OMG! of a stretch. <laughs> you did mention that at the beginning of our yeah. talk. I don't know why. I think that might be another, I think that might be another podcast. <laughs> it's, it's cool, but we will be there in spirit, you know. Yes, we'll for spirit. sure. <laughs> but um, K, 
can we expect anything else uh, within the future uh, besides? Yes, for sure. I have some really big plans. I'm not going to speak them aloud just yet, mm. but my hope is to bring an event that's similar to the book release um, every month uh, that re- resembles something like a book fair. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know for adults <laughs> yeah that, that was my favorite time in school I would take my right? little, uh, ten dollars <laughs> buy me a goosebumps book or whatever <laughs> that, was, that was right good. so I feel like there's a lane there's a lane there for the adults mm-hmm. I love that and I love that. that's what I'm going to be working on immediately after the release sweet perfect well um that's all the time we have for today I want to thank you once again uh, for for sharing so many gems and uh, I wish you nothing but success and prosperity for everything that you put your mind to. Thank you so much. This has been a delightful conversation. This is actually my very first podcast appearance. Hey. And it has been a beautiful experience and introduction to what I hope is going to be a stupendous career. Mm. And once I blow up, you know I'm coming back. Hey, that's what I'm talking about, man. <laughs> Absolutely. You hey. know I'm coming back and giving you the credit. <laughs> <laughs> that's perfect. Um, well, folks, that's all the time we have for today. We really appreciate you listening to Creative Habits Podcast. Um, don't forget to like, share, subscribe, and have a good one. We appreciate it. Peace.